kind of thankful. I mean, the, the, the only silver lining with Trump is that here you and I are having this discussion and we're excited about it. Like my, we know, both know Brandon Harvey. Mm-hmm. Brandon said recently, you know, Brandon's, I don't know how old he is now, maybe 25. 24, def- 25. Definitely yeah. like your, your typical millennial uh, in all the good ways. Um, yeah. And he said, you know, my friends and I used to discuss social media and Instagram and likes and all that stuff that anybody yeah. their age would be discussing. He's like, now all of us, all we talk about is politics yep. and social issues. And so, like, to me, that's the silver lining is 100%. like Trump woke all of us up. Yes. My guest this week is my friend, Jeremy Cowart. You may recognize his name because he's awesome, but you also may recognize it because he was episode one of the Let's Give a Damn podcast, and now he is episode 42. Before I introduce today's conversation and why he's back on, I wanted to give you a heads up about our next podcast conversation, which won't be next week. It will not release on December 26th. It will release on January 2nd, a week later, so two weeks Uh, From now, you will see episode 43 of the podcast. Why the break? Well, because it's Christmas. I wanted to give you guys a break, and frankly, I need a break. I love doing this, but I will be with family. We'll be busy. It'll be crazy. So you get a week off. January 2nd will be our next one, and that episode is is special for me because it's going to be my first Q&A episode. That's right. You get to send in your questions, and I will answer them. Send them to me through email, hello at nicklapara.com, or you can hit me up on social media at nicklapara. Just get me your questions over the next couple of weeks. And what I wanna do, you know, giving a damn is, isn't always easy or straightforward. And I know some of y'all have questions because I get them all the time, randomly through DMs and through messages and through tweets. And so I wanna compile eight, nine, 10 great questions that you guys send me, and I'm gonna make an entire episode out of it that's going to release on january 2nd we'll begin the year strong answering some of your questions and helping you out so today's conversation jeremy was on episode one he's back for episode 42 and today jeremy and i were hanging out at a fundraiser a few weeks ago and we got talking about our current uh, political societal state and we thought it would be a wonderful idea if we could get some time on the podcast to share our thoughts what's going on, what we're doing about it, how we're processing through and thinking through some of this stuff. And so a couple weeks later, the other day, we got on and did that. This is a very helpful conversation, I think, one that's gonna help you think through some of the current stuff that's going on. We intentionally did not want this to be a Trump bashing or GOP bashing podcast. And so we tried, it is clear where we stand on certain issues, but we wanted this to be just how we're processing through stuff, How how Jeremy is leading his work and his personal life and his family through this time in our country. And so I think it's a super helpful conversation. I think you will too. So without further ado, I'm going to shut up now. My name is Nick LaPara. I'm your host and your friend of the Let's Give a Damn podcast. And here's my second conversation on the podcast with Jeremy Coward. Let's go. I have the pleasure of having Jeremy Cowart back on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, you were episode one. Yes. And now you'll be episode 42. How do you feel about that? That's awesome. Congrats to you for oh, 42 episodes. It's been a fun, it's been it's a amazing. fun year. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back. Thank you. 
so everyone, we this is a little bit different of an episode today. We are going to um, not talk about you can find it on my podcast. You can also find it in a million other places. Jeremy's story, what he's doing, what he's up to. And that's all great and well. But as Jeremy always says, like, I've told that story a million times. Stop asking me about it. So we're not going to get into that at all. Yeah. What we are going to get into is we're going to talk about the last year and a half of our lives um, <laughs> from a political and societal and family and work standpoint. You know, so many things have happened in uh, our country, America that we live in. I want to point that out because I want to respect the fact that there are, you know, 25, 30 countries downloading this podcast, but I'm sure they're aware of what's going on. It's the, it's the talk of the town as it were. Very much. Yeah. So we're going to spend some time talking about that today. It's been a year and a few weeks since, um, Donald Trump was elected president and coming up on a year since he has been in office. And, um, you know, so many of us, (laughs) made jokes threatening that we were going to move move to Canada or Timbuktu or somewhere right when this happened and we're here we're still here living existing loving life we're blessed you know so so much to be grateful for so let's talk real quickly about something that happened last night real yeah. quickly well let's, before we get into anything i just sure. i just want to echo what you're saying like i'm uh, just excited to finally do a podcast where i don't have to talk about the usual stuff i mean obviously i love what i'm doing i love family i love my work and but yeah i mean i think uh this will be fun to do my my first ever podcast on politics there you go and uh, i hope that uh the listeners will um maybe find this interesting because i'm going to speak on my own behalf i don't i can't speak for you but they're about to listen to a guy and me talk about politics from a standpoint of before last year i never followed or cared or knew anything about politics. So I am mm. as, a year ago, I was as dumb as a rock. Like truly didn't even know what words like House and Senate really yeah. meant. I mean, truly, like basic 101, I did not know about politics. Just artsy fartsy guy, never cared. I mean, I cared, but it all felt too intelligent for me, too smart. Sure. And so I just, yeah, just never really paid attention. But when something kicked in me when Donald Trump announced his presidency. Suddenly, I was uh, glued. And ever since a year ago, uh, over a year ago, uh, I have followed it as close as you, I mean, like 24-7, tons of Twitter accounts that I follow, like I'm glued to the news. And so this might be an interesting perspective coming from two artsy guys, creative guys who are not politicians, who are certainly not experts in any stretch the imagination but my hope is that maybe you and i in our conversation today will represent uh not necessarily millennials but just uh you know we're both christians and like maybe two guys who don't see things especially me being a southern you know i'm a nashville native yep southern white christian male like easily my least favorite people on the planet right now yeah is <laughs> yourself your what, own yeah, yeah. I am I am the worst. Uh, but white Christian Southern males, straight males, uh, are such just they're saying and doing the, the most terrifying things lately. And so maybe uh, I can offer uh, some representation that maybe there's a different side to us than what's being represented out there. So let's go back to something you said and start there. You said that when he announced his presidency, what was it, in 2015, was when he first like said that he was going to do it, right? What was it? So 
there's obviously been terrible politicians in your time, been terrible things that have happened, scandals and 9-11 and wars and so many things have gone on that could have caused you to pay attention, but you didn't. And I think you're probably in the same boat as so many listening. Yeah. I am very similar situation. I cared, but very passively. I would watch mm-hmm. stuff and I knew definitions, this and that, but it was not, it didn't take up any of my brain space, any yeah. of my emotional, physical space. Like I would just... Hap- I just happened to hear stuff and I would kind of follow it. And now, like you said, you know, I follow t- 1,100 people on Twitter and probably three or 400 of them, mm-hmm. journalists, reporters, yeah. uh, authors, people that, that I respect and want to learn from. And that was never the case. It was always my favorite artists and friends and entrepreneurs that I loved. And now that it's kind of shifted, I unfollowed a ton of those people mm-hmm. to make space in my day and my social media activity to follow them. So what was it about that moment in that, in Donald Trump in particular, at that moment, before you knew any of what was going to come, what was it that kind of like, what awakened inside of you to make you say, oh, I want to pay attention to this? Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like I need to offer a little more background. So I grew up again in the South of Nashville and I voted Republican my whole life. I mean, my whole adult life. And, uh, and I, I should say, I did care. I mean, obviously, I remember the day 911 happened. I remember the planes. Like, obviously, I followed things, but I just would consider myself as dumb as dumb gets in terms of politics. And I even was at Obama's inauguration. Donald Miller asked me to come do a photo shoot, and his photo shoot happened to be in D.C. while the inauguration was happening. And Donald oh, had wow. tickets to everything. So I, I was literally at the inaugural ball with President Obama photographing him, like, you know, no we're right there in the middle of, of everything. And even then I was like, okay, here's a guy that's a, a Democrat and I, I liked him. I mean, super likable. I liked his message of, of hope. And uh, I really liked the idea of a black man running our country. I was just so ready for anybody but a white man to take over. Yeah. And so I was really loving the all the ideas of, uh, of Obama, but I still didn't know a lot about him, even at his inauguration. Um, so when Trump announced his presidency, you know, before that day, I was always like, just like the rest of the country, he's this goofy rich guy that says you're fired on The Apprentice and everybody laughs at him and he's a good entertainer in that way. And so I just didn't think much of him. But when he announced his presidency and he came right out of the gates talking about Mexicans being rapists and you know the brit the wall and I forget what all else he said in the very beginning I just I just had flags start flying immediately because as a human as a guy that's trying to build the purpose hotel that this thing is going to be all about bringing people together uniting people loving people serving people um, building bridges not walls um it wasn't about politics, you know, from day one, this was not a man that it didn't matter if he was Republican or Democrat. I just did not like the things he was saying, the divisive tone, the hate. And I just immediately, it just, it's like, you know, all the kids, all the cool kids these days use the word woke. And it was like, immediately I woke up and it was just like, Oh my gosh, this isn't right. And I would argue and argue and argue on Facebook and, with people and my main thing, which has become true, you know, it's funny that I, I say that I used to be stupid because now I feel like I was very smart because my biggest arguing point was this isn't about politics. This is a, he's a walking humanitarian crisis. 
and I'm afraid of how the opinion of the world is going to change about America as a whole. I'm afraid the whole world's going to hate us. I'm afraid he, with his loud mouth, is going to change the way we're seeing, like completely change our brand. And one year later, holy cow, here we are. Even today it was announced that the Muslim nations no longer won the USA as a part of the peacekeeping process. Yeah, we're not leading the peacekeeping talks yeah, anymore. They want it's us, the UK. They want us out. Yeah. I mean, we are being rejected worldwide and it's literally because of one man and it's just it's just insane like so now i feel a little uh, uh validated like i literally predicted in all those arguments i wish i could go back and like say i told you so um because again it was never about the issues the policies it was simply about this man is a bad man he's mean he's hateful I think there are great democrats great republicans great independents there are good people on all sides, but I just knew this man is not the answer that we need for sure. I agree with you on everything. We could talk for hours just about him as a person and how I find it completely absurd that anyone would want to follow him in anything just because of what you, not just what you know about him. Like if he had done nothing in the past, if he had never said grab him by the pussy, if he had not, never done any of that, we don't know any of that, just his what he has said and done and talked like he just made a sexual innuendo the other day on Twitter, you know, she would do anything to get it right. That is a sexual innuendo that he put in a tweet to 40 plus million people. Yeah. Right. So regardless of before, like even current, like how, but the reality is that so many people that you and I love, like deeply love mm -hmm. people that we are very close to us, but maybe family, but also like friends and relationships vote for him and are still, I would say, me speaking for me right now, of the people that I know in my sphere, very few of them retracted their loyalty and their vote and are still holding out. They still think something amazing is going to happen. They still think that he's on the right track. How do you process through that? What do you want to say to them? What do you, yeah, what, what, are, what is your thoughts about that? Because the reality is you couldn't have paid me a million dollars, like cash, maybe more, but we'll just throw an arbitrary amount of a million. You could not have paid me a million dollars to pencil in his name for anything, right? That's just not going to happen. But at the time when I was hearing arguments, not like, not like angry arguments, but just an argument from somebody, family, friends stating like why they were going to. A couple of the reasons I understood. That wasn't my perspective, my view, but I understood it. A year plus later, there's no way, no way in heaven or hell or any other <laughs> place in the universe that you could convince me. You know what I'm saying? Like even more so now. So what? what's kind of your thoughts and your message for? And it has been the most um, truly core-shattering, earth-shattering uh is shaken my faith, is shaken my relationships. It is truly shaken everything I know what I thought about the church and the Christian faith and even immediate family members and friends. And it's sad to see the division that Trump has created, but it's also hard. It was always there, obviously. He just made it apparent like he revealed it. He revealed what was already there. But it's just heartbreaking, you know, because here's these people you love truly that are um, still supporting this terrible human for these 
reasons that are insane. And the only thing that I can, um, that I've really gathered is that like, I want to talk about the media for a second. If you look at like, obviously there's tons of media outlets. There's Fox News, there's CNN, there's, uh, you name it, New York Times, Washington Post, in, in MSNBC, the list goes on and on, infinite Twitter and social media outlets. But I feel like all of them are generally saying something and then Fox News is saying this one thing. And I feel like the one thing that Fox News is saying is literally like brainwashing the the people that I'm referring to. And there's even, I just saw a documentary literally called Fox News Brainwash My Dad. Like I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. Because anytime, like even last night, all right, Doug Jones won the election. Yep. And Very it was fresh. a huge thing. Everyone on the internet, everyone on TV, everyone everywhere was talking about it. During the peak of that, in the midst of it all, I clicked over to Fox News just to see what they were talking about. Guess what they were talking about? Freaking Hillary Clinton yep. emails. Yep, but like, her emails. Emails. Like, yeah. really? In yeah. the midst, in the, like, that was yeah. a year ago, and she's a private citizen now. I understand it was a big yeah. deal. I understand, you know, whatever, but like. Yeah, the really? powers that be decided that there was not enough evidence to ever pursue anything with her. Regardless of your thoughts on it, yeah. the powers that be said, we're not going to investigate this. There's not anything here. Yeah. And their current, our current administration is under investigation in multiple ways, yeah. right? But you switch there and that's what they're... Yeah, and so like, I, and, I, and I check Fox News regularly just to see yeah. what they're talking about. And it's the first time in my life where I follow current events so closely and anybody can do this this isn't like me bragging but if you follow close enough on twitter especially and if you get down to individual individual people uh individuals in dc you can know the news before the news becomes the news yep. so like things are happening in real time these individuals in dc are talking about then you see it hit cnn fox news msnbc associated press all of them and then finally, you can understand the bias. You see, oh my gosh, I can't believe Fox News is spinning it that way. Yep. It's almost like they're literally working for Donald Trump. It's like they're the hands and feet of his empire. And it's just been, and, and keep in mind, again, I want to reiterate that I grew up thinking, even as a full adult, that Fox News was the good guy. Fox News was yep. the truth. It's who we trusted. And to see now... And I remember being at Obama's inauguration when Donald Miller said, dude, I can't believe you watch Fox News. I was like, why? Who cares? What's the big deal? It's just Fox News. Right. It's like, they're so biased. I'm like, no, they're not. They're fine. Yep. And so I really have uh, switched, not, you know, just understanding like, oh my gosh, Fox News is insanely. And so all that to say that I think the people in my life who are still supporting with undying love for Trump, like that's all they watch is Fox News. That's yep. it. And so that's, I feel like, as terrible as it is to say, I feel like that's the only thing I can blame it on. It's like, man, Fox News is like... So essentially you're saying they haven't opened themselves up to other input. Yeah. Because I'll, if they did, they would... Which I believe, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. If they sought other... But they won't because they probably believe that it's fake news and fake media and exactly. twisted stories and whatever. And, the, and that's where Trump is a genius. It's the yeah. one area he's a genius in branding, you know, make America great again. You're fired. The whole, you're fired thing. Yep. Um, fake the, uh, the idea of fake news. I'll give Trump the credit that he invented that term fake news. And it is so, so ingrained. So yeah, if you say, and I do say, 
please go check any other news source. I don't right. care which one it is, anything but Fox News. Go check 10 of them. Go check five of them, and you'll see. And granted, I do think all of them are biased in one way or another. There's nobody that's not biased. But still, if you just look outside of your one news source, yep. you'll start to understand other angles. But they just refuse to look outside of this one source of Fox News. And it's just, man, it's just infuriating. Franklin Roosevelt said, let us not forget that government is ourselves and not an alien power over us. The ultimate rulers of our democracy, not a president, senators, congressmen, government officials, but the voters of this country. Do you, and I, in theory, agree, right? Like that's the way it should be, that we, are, we, we run this thing and they work for us. Do you think that's actually the case right now? Like with different legislation that they have, whether successfully or unsuccessfully tried to pass in the last year, some of the ways that they're, yeah, just the way that they are leading, the way that the current administration is leading. Do you think that's true? Do you think that we actually run this thing? That's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, obviously I want to say that we do, but um, yeah, sometimes like today the Republican tax bill is getting shoved through, you know. and it, it, Before uh, Doug Jones gets... Yeah, yeah before, they're trying to push it before yeah, he gets exactly. in. Yeah. Um, some days it feels like we are. Some days it feels like we're just puppets, you know. So it's hard, to, it's hard to say. But like seeing Alabama vote Doug Jones through last night was certainly empowering and inspiring and gave me a lot of hope. Yeah, that was an interesting evening because I was, I was texting with, I don't know if you, I'm sure you have friends in Alabama, but I'm not sure if you were communicating with them throughout the night. I was with several of my friends and uh, one of them, Johnny, we were texting back and forth and I just said like, so what's the, I mean, you're obviously watching it. You're maybe with some people. What do you feel? Like, what's the feeling in the air? And he's like, devastation. Like if this happens, if this man who peddles the gospel of Jesus um, has been accused of pedophilia, who thinks that women, all the amendments after the 10th amendment should be erased, he'd be fine without them, which is <laughs> black people can vote, women can vote, slavery is not cool. All of those amendments, he thinks we can do without them. Yeah, that's what he felt. That was the one word. And that just like hit me. Like I teared up a bit. I'm not from Alabama. It doesn't affect me directly, but it does. You know, that he'll, he would have had a vote in the, a, you know, a vote in the Senate. But yeah, that really affected me when he said it would be devastating, mm-hmm. you know, to have this person leading. So I'm very glad that um, I'm very bothered that. 65% of the women that vote of the white women that voted voted for Roy Moore, a man who doesn't believe that they should have had the right to vote. And I'm also very glad that, you know, 98% of black women that voted voted for Doug Jones. Yeah, that was right. They, they showed up, they came out. Um, black men and women did. But yeah, I mean, so it was, it was a very tense evening. I was sitting over there refreshing stuff, texting my friends. It was it was quite the quite the event, which felt weird because it's not my state. It's not my people. It's not even my, wasn't my vote to cast, but it was still pretty, mm-hmm. pretty incredible. So I'd love to dive into four areas. So I want, I want to know how this has affected you in four areas because I'd love to hear the difference because I'm sure I know you'll be able to pull out different thoughts and ideas and feelings for each one of these personal life, family life, spiritual life, and work life. These are four different things. So you're a man of mm-hmm. faith, you said. So um, you mentioned that you're just your view of the church and faith and what you thought it meant to be the church and be a Christian, all of that. So let's start with um, 
work life, okay? So no family, no person, no you as a person, and no spiritual at this point. And maybe if they cross over, totally, like bring it in. But if you can distinguish it, like has the last two years, two plus years since he announced, and a year since he's been president, a year and a month since he was elected president, how has it affected your work? Um, It's definitely been a... uh insane distraction probably a bigger distraction than i've ever faced Mm. um it is uh, i'm actually about to release a talk on this exact topic it is uh creatively drained me because uh you just get so consumed by it and so overtaken with the the social media aspect of especially anytime you get into a an argument which I, i don't haven't gotten into tons of arguments. I mean, maybe, maybe a handful. Um, actually, probably more like ten, five to five to ten, probably. That's, that's a pretty. Good. That's a big handful. Uh, that's pretty good over a year's time. I try not. I try to stay out of the the arguing, but um, but it does. It just zaps you. It zaps you creatively. It zaps you emotionally. Um, like even this morning with the the wind loss, I could I couldn't look away. I just had to keep mm. reading stuff, and so it's both the distraction. But it just um, created, I would, when I was really obsessed and addicted to it, uh, it just had no creativity. Like inspiration was gone because it, uh, it just removed all inspiration. And the talk I'm about to release is the idea that what comes in you information-wise projects and, and creates the image that comes out of you. So what we're taking in oh, sure. creates the, the image that comes out of us. Um, and so, yeah, when your close friends and family tell you I'm unfollowing you on social media, I can't deal with your politics, you know, I mean, people follow and unfollow every day. Like, I never pay attention to who unfollows me right. unless it's like my yeah, dad or my, cousin, you know, some, yeah, yeah, people close to my life. And so then you're like, okay, I do need to step back and self-evaluate, you know, if I'm going too far with this. Um and that, oh my gosh, that is a just weekly debate within myself that I have with myself, like to speak or not to speak, to mm. speak or not to speak. And I go, I mean, by the day, back and forth. And yep. ultimately, I think I finally landed on, I just can't not speak anymore. I yeah. can't, can't stay quiet. I try to limit it and try to be smart with it. And, uh, but it, it just feels wrong to, to stay silent. Mm-hmm. these days for sure yeah so i get the distraction i get the cre- i told you before i think we even push record that i know that i've lost clients mm-hmm. i've lost jobs i've lost friends like i yeah you, but ultimately i've decided to not and i don't want to be i'm not trying to be an asshole either like i'm not trying to like i don't want to purposefully hurt people and hinder you know push people away but speaking up oh yeah like i need to i have to so i understand that but it has hurt me a little bit in my work, in my work life. But have you been able to like push through some of that and create something, or maybe you're in the process of creating something that you can maybe trace back to like, okay, the anger that I felt here, I'm channeling that into, it could be a talk, it could be a photo shoot, it could be anything like, yeah, what do you, or, or maybe it's, maybe it is the just continued perseverance on this hotel work. Yeah, I've definitely wondered if I should do like a very specific political project, you know, um, definitely had a few ideas, nothing that was amazing enough for me to pursue. Um, I do have that talk coming out that um, deals with the issue for sure. I even talked specifically about politics a little bit 
in the talk and how that messed me up for a while. Um, but it's not a political talk. It just right. mentioned it. Um, but I think ultimately the purpose hotel is where long-term I'm setting my sights on in every way. But even with this political situation, I think there'll be better ways for me to respond. I mean, everything that's happening right now is informing some of the decisions we're making on the hotel front, uh, creatively and just all of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's all changing who I am. I mean, I think we've all yeah. changed in the last two years. Like it's been, uh, like I said earlier, earth shattering for me. And like, there's been a lot of, a lot of change. Um, so yeah, I think the purpose hotel that will be my main channel long term to, to respond. The last couple of years, has it, uh, has the timeline stayed the same or has this past couple of years with just talk of, you know, just the, everything, refugees, Muslims, the wall, the, just the, the xenophobia and the racism and all that, has that sped it up or do you feel like you've been able to stay pretty consistent on the track of like winding this part down, speeding that part up? No, I mean, I, I cared already for all these issues and cared for just people. And yeah. I'm really passionate specifically to bring people together too. Like I want to, uh, have even maybe a board for the hotel where we literally pull together all the belief systems, you know, mm, lead, amazing. me, the leading Southern white Christian, right. You know, uh, founder mixed in with the leading, uh, LGBTQ person in Nashville with an atheist, with a Muslim, with a Jew. I mean, fill in all the blanks. I've got a buddy that's kind of considered a leader in the uh, Indian American community here in Nashville. I'd love to have him be a part. And so they pulled together a board where we don't obviously discuss the things we disagree on because those things are obvious, but right. we, we discuss the things that we agree, agree on and amplify those. And how do we make these things amazing? And how does a hotel celebrate the common good? And how do we all love each other better and serve each other better? And uh, I don't think, Christians have ever wanted, uh, I mean, obviously that's a big stereotyping statement, <laughs> but you don't see it often where Christians are actively these days, like gathering together, uh, opposing belief systems to work together. And that's what I really uh, desire to see as a Christian is like, all right, how do I work with the people who I don't, who don't, we don't see out on issues, but how do we work together? Yeah. And the reason I want to do that is like with help portrait, yeah, I see it happening. It works. Like, mm. Hell Portrait is such a beautiful little slice of heaven because you have all these competitors coming together, every sure, skin color, right. men and women, like shooting together, serving together. And you're, we're, we're photographing a transgender person one minute, a homeless guy the next minute, a woman who's been abused by her husband the next minute, followed wow. by, I mean, it's just insane. And, yeah. Then you have, all these people feeding them and clothing them. And it's just like, it is literally heaven on earth. Yeah. Like, and it, I cry every, every time. Cause it's so beautiful to see it all going down. But like, I'm like, okay, that can work and help portrait. It can work with the purpose of hotel. So yeah. that's what I really want to see happen. I love that. I just, uh, I don't know if you've seen me post about it a few times. I started this project called plus one, please. It's my little attempt to help people see the need for inviting outsiders to their table specifically feast and friendship because i think at the table specifically around a meal around drinks the table is unique i think it stands out from every other environment for like a place where people with opposing 
they don't think the same, act the same, dress the same, look the same, people you don't know at all. You come to a table around a meal, game changer. Yeah, it really is. It, it, I, sure. I, I think we need more of that. One of my questions, I guess I'll skip around here for a second. One of the things I was thinking about was have you been able to, you mentioned like a handful of arguments and stuff, but have you, have you had any conversations with people that have opposing views to you? In this case, maybe someone that really supports President Trump. Have you had a conversation where it remained not just super civil, but also like you realized getting together with them and talking with them that we have a lot more in common than I thought we did. And we're actually not that, you know, at the end of the day, we want the same exact things because I think that is true. That's something I have found. That's what I found is I've talked to people is as much as I want to not talk with them and or maybe really talk with them and get upset. Why are you supporting him? Why are you supporting that, this or the other? When it gets down to the nitty gritty and they speak what they want, why they're supporting him, they name three, four, five things. It's the same things I want. They just for some reason think they can get it that other way, right? So have you, anyway, have you found sometimes over the last two years where you've been able to like speak with people and, and leave not on the same page with that thing feeling like, Oh, we're both humans desiring the same. We want, we want our families to be taken care of, right? We want a job. You know, we want everybody to have a job. We want this, that, and the other. And you're like, Oh, we want the same thing. Maybe at some point we can come to an agreement on. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really good question. Um, I have had quite a few, conversations trying to learn and trying to listen and just understand like where Trump supporters are coming from. And, uh, even in my own immediate family, um, it doesn't often go well. And I've chosen ultimately just not to. Yeah. Same here. Like we just don't go there. Like my my family knows to not, and every, every once in a while, and it, we usually deal with it in the beginning. It felt like it didn't go well. I feel like in recent, it's still come up recently and it's, we've maintained our sanity. It's gone. All right. Um, but I still like, you know what? It's just not talk about it. Let's just all love each other and be with our kids and enjoy enjoy ourselves. And and I've talked with a few people who voted Trump um, who do regret it. Who do you know? Sure. Yeah. They see thankfully what we see. Um, and again, I hope no one hears me as like I'm not. Well, I think anytime someone speaks out about Trump, they're immediately labeled. Oh, you raging liberal democratic whatever got called it this morning um, again and and that's not fair either because i quite frankly i don't know what i am i mean i grew up republican voter republican uh i don't think i'll ever call myself republican again that's for dang sure uh the way republicans have acted in yep. the last year two years and especially the recent support of roy moore it's like I mean, the nth degree of selling out, like you guys are disgusting, truly like yep. disgusting. Yeah. Um, it's appalling there. Uh, so I guess you could certainly say I lean left now. I mean, there are a lot of things that Democrats say that I, I'm agreeing with and believing there are some issues that I don't agree on still. Uh, there are issues that I still agree with on Republicans in theory. <laughs> yeah. If they weren't such awful you know and again i'm stereotyping there's lots of good republicans uh there's a guy evan mcmullen who uh ran as a republican uh presidential candidate i love that guy i yeah. love like very level-headed level-headed sane i would consistent i would bold, say 95 yeah. percent of what he tweets i'm like 
freaking yes. Amen. Like that guy gets it. Like he gives me hope for the Republican party and even some of the things Mitt Romney's been saying and, uh, like, uh, um, John McCain, like, you know, so I'm not some anti-Republican. I just, as a, when I see the party that I was saying, we support, support Roy Moore, even though he's a child molest, like, I'm like, okay, come on. I can't, I can't get yeah. behind that. Yeah, it's know? hard. But I think last year there was a defining moment for me personally with Hillary during the Democratic National Convention when she pointed out a stark difference between her and Trump. And she said, which was true about Trump, she said, Trump says, only I can defeat ISIS. Only I can fix the economy. Only I is only I, only I, only I. And Hillary said, basically, that's BS. Yeah. Like, I can't do anything. Like, And she started talking about the school teachers, the doctors, you know, the person helping the homeless. Like, she mentioned all the di- different parts of society. And I was like, thank you. Like, seriously, like, if nothing else, there's your difference. Hillary's saying, it's not about me, it's about the world and all of us in this together. And Trump is literally saying, only I can do this. And that's what I was like, I'm out. Yeah, just unbelievable, that stark difference between the two. Let's uh, mix, I was going to do spiritual and personal life separately, but let's, I mean, you're obviously a man of faith, and that's a big part of your life, and yeah, I can't separate those two as well, so let's mix those two, like how is this, so that was work, and we'll get to your family, we'll get to your wife and your kids, and how you parent, and how you're a husband and a father, but just you personally, bringing your faith along with that, like how has this last year and a half changed you? Personally, I definitely all the time don't know where I land on a range of issues, right, especially this last two years where I'm like, I don't want to identify with, I grew up the same way, very similar until two years ago, I would have just automatically responded, well, I'm a Republican, or that's where I land, because that's where, you know, I grew up in that. Definitely not now, and I don't know where I stand on a, on a whole wide range of issues. Yeah, so how is this, how has it affected you? Like, where do you think, sometimes do you think you're going off the deep end? Is that okay with you? You don't have to name specific issues or things, but like, are there, is there anything that you're like, two years ago, I would have said, hell no. Nah. And now you're like, eh, it makes a lot more sense. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of how are you dealing with that personally? Well, it was the first, I don't know when, what specific month or months, but there was a minute where for the first time in my life, I was like, I'm going through depression. Like I'm hmm. actually depressed. I've sure. never been depressed, which at 40 years old, that's a massive blessing to say I've never been depressed. But I was so down and out about Trump and the state of the world that I was like legitimately um, just not myself and super had no hope for the first time for a minute there. Um, thankfully, I was able to crawl out of that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's affected me. I mean, I think ultimately um, I'm much uh, more informed. I feel a lot smarter. I feel a lot more like now I know what I believe on tons of issues where I was just so uh, out of it the, my whole life, you know? And so maybe too, that's just part of me maturing and growing up and getting older. Um, and so uh, ultimately I'm, I'm kind of thankful. I mean, the, the, the only silver lining with Trump is that here you and I are having this discussion and we're excited about it. Like my, we know, both know Brandon Harvey. Mm-hmm. Brandon said recently, you know, Brandon's, I don't know how old he is now, maybe 25. 24, def- 25, Definitely yeah. like your, your typical millennial uh, in all the good ways. Um, yeah. And he said, you know, my friends and I used to discuss social media 
and Instagram and likes and all that stuff that anybody yeah. their age would be discussing. It's like now all of us, all we talk about is politics yep. and social issues. And so like to me, that's the silver lining is like Trump woke all of us up. Yes. And now we all care. Yes. And 2018 is going to be terrifying for the Republicans because they're about to get destroyed, I really believe. And so, um, and so, yeah, I feel like the world has woken up. I feel like um, in a lot of ways, though, for the worst, because I feel like some of the damage that's been done is irreparable. Like you can't, we can't, like many of the countries oh, are yeah. using words it's like never again. Yep. You know, um, we will never trust America. America's for out of forever out of our peacekeeping process. So it's terrifying. And the day can't come soon enough when Trump is out of the office. It's funny. One of the criticisms or one of the things that attracted so many Trump supporters to Trump was his bluntness, his I speak my mind, his all of that. You know, his even though even though most of the times and this is not a criticism, this is just straight up truth he can't form an actual sentence out of it he still speaks his mind right and that attract people loved it he gets on twitter he speaks right to the people the problem i've always had with that is that humans are we're bad people we have bad days we have bad moments we're immature we're shitty sometimes even me i'm a 34 year old grown man wife three kids there are many times many parts of every day that i should not be allowed to speak my mind because I go, th- you know, so we have um, Pete Souza's book here with Obama, The Intimate Portrait, a book that I've been, you know, so excited to see. And one of the things that I miss about, well, so many leaders, right? Not just not just Obama or American presidents, just leaders is the measured take they have on things. They They think, they go through the proper channels. If you look at how many times Obama tweeted in his eight years in office. Trump beat that in a few days. So, yeah, just I, I miss the kind of just measured nature of what it looks yeah, like to be just, a leader, what it looks like exactly. to have a mature take on X, Y, or Z issue. Yeah, it's just like I just miss human decency. Yeah. Like I just miss the most fundamental, basic kindness. Like you know, you see, I can't you can count how many photos I've seen of like. Trump gets out of the car and walks upstairs, leaves his wife yep. like back in the car to get herself. Like, yep. and you know, just ridiculous. Like the simplest of like, yeah. dude, treat people with kindness. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, that's something that I'm teaching. That you and I are teaching our children. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it, he doesn't have it. It's just, it's endless, and it just seems like the it gets worse and worse. Yeah. Like he always, I'm always like shocked. I'm like, I can't be more shocked than I am right now. And then the next day comes, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm more shocked. Like, how does this, you know? And so, yeah, I just miss, like, when, when I ran against Trump, people think I'm, again, some liberal, but I'm like, no, I just desire leadership. I just desire, like, and I literally fantasize sometimes about the things I, w- I would say if I were in Trump's position, you know, if I were president. Like, yeah. Things I would say to just care for humanity. And the crazy thing is Trump could turn the whole country around in terms of his polls and popularity in a day if he wanted to. If he came out a couple of days and really like with sincere humility is like, you know, I, say, you know what? I have been an ass. Yeah, I am so sorry. I've been so arrogant. I have not cared for people. And I'm finally real like something, you know, start out with that and like truly saw what the rest of us see. 
like people would just go nuts. Like mm-hmm. he would just have some, I mean, granted, uh, hopefully that would, that would have to, that kind of, uh, uh, humility would have to last a long time before people started to believe it. Sure. But even still, like, but it just, would begin to change things, but it's just amazing. Yeah. How much that could help unite our country if he just came up. But I don't think that could ever happen. You know, I, I truly do think there's some mental thing there. I don't know if it's a disease or sickness, but that level of arrogance, like is just not, not okay. It's not right. What about with your parenting and with your, being a husband. We don't have to spend a long time here, but if there's anything, has it changed? I know it has for me, especially with my kids who are three, four, and five, but has, this, has the last couple of years changed how you parent, the things that you communicate, the things that you say? Yeah. Well, thankfully, um, my wife and I are on the same page. I'm really thankful for that. I know, yes. I know a good bit of people who they're on different pages with their spouses politically, and I can't yeah. imagine how hard be that tragic. would be. Um, so we see eye to eye, and that's uh, truly a blessing. In terms of my kids, I try not to get them too deep, but I also want them to be informed. So we do talk about it. Like last night, actually, was probably the most in-depth I've ever ever gone with them because mm. they were wanting to watch a TV show. I was wanting to watch the Alabama Senate race, and, and I let them watch their show, and then afterwards I started watching my show. And they start asking questions and I mm. inform them like why this is so important, why this day is historic, why this year, the last two years are historic, while they'll be reading about this year in the history books. Their kids one will. Day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is truly historic in all the <laughs> worst ways. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely want them to be extremely informed without, I don't ever want them to feel like I'm imposing my beliefs on them. Like my parents, to their credit, never told me you're a Republican. You're going to vote Republican. Like they never, never heard. I just learned by being around in the South. Like I guess I'm a Republican, you know. Um, so I don't want to get too hardcore with my kids, but also do want them to be very informed with what's going on in the world and be able to form their their own opinions. And and I'll obviously support them and love them no matter what they think. Um, but I do want them to, and I do think it's okay to tell them the things Trump has done and, and that he yeah. is a bad man, but I'm very, I, I want to follow up immediately with, but that does not make the Republican party bad. It, well, <laughs> the people, the yeah, people, the people bad. Exactly. Yep. It doesn't make Democrats like you can choose whoever you want, but this, this man as a man, as a person is not, he's good, horrible. <laughs> Horrible. He's a horrible yeah, person. He is a horrible, and I think I even have gone to that extent with him. Like he is a terrible man. Yeah, you know. I granted, I do think uh, God is capable of anything. Any anyone is, you know, redeemable. And I would never say I hate Trump because I don't hate anybody. But like, man, it's it's hard. It's hard to see somebody that is treating people the way he treats them, and yeah, um, it's just heartbreaking. It's funny you said that right at the end because I wasn't going to say anything, but you know I'm I'm a pretty open book. Um, I told my wife about a month and a half ago something happened, one of his like Twitter things or whatever. I told her I said, "Babe, I'm not proud of what I'm about to tell you, not proud at all, but I think I hate him. I've never felt hate before. I've I love people. 
I love to help. Like people are my favorite thing. Like all I want to do every day, which would tire most people out, is be with people. I want to meet with people. I want to have coffee. I want to have drinks. I want to have meals. I want to hang out with people from sunup till sundown. People are my favorite. Even people that I don't agree with, I've never, ever, ever thought I hate you. And I don't even know if I grasp entirely what, because it's my first time, (laughs) what it means to hate someone. But I felt that and I wanted to like, you know, confess that to her and admit that to her. And again, it's not like a, I don't wear that. It's like a badge. That's not something I'm happy about. And I don't know how I feel about it right now. Like, I don't know that I feel hate for him right now, but at that moment and many times since then, and I don't know what to do about it. Like I'm a weak, no, I'm, I'm just a man, but I felt in that moment, genuine hate for the no, first time in my 34 years. I think that's a, a beautiful thing to say and admit because I, I have felt it too. And I think I've even said, like, this is the closest I've ever been yeah. to hating somebody. But at the same time, like, I get so annoyed when when Christians talk about, like, killing, like, all the ISIS fighters just need to die. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Jesus would be over there loving and he serving them. And Jeremy just Courtney like our friend style. Jeremy Courtney Preemptive love is style, over there freaking helping. I mean, not helping, but he is loving the people love of anyway. Iraq and in the most powerful ways, even... Uh, ISIS fighters who have crossed over and it like he's he's I know helped them and I just think about like truly not to go to the cheesy old school Christian bracelet but like what would Jesus if he were here yeah what would he think of Trump how would he be and anyone uh, can be forgiven and and yeah. we're all sinners and so I try to like not not let myself go there even though I do like I feel the exact same as you like there have been moments throughout the last two years where i'm like i hate this man like he is he is for everything i'm against and he's against everything that i'm for uh especially with the hotel yeah um but yeah i don't i don't hate him i don't hate anybody i just just really 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 don't want him running our country like he is he is destroying the brand of america you cannot argue that you cannot argue that oh, the world totally. does not hate us right now. Like, yeah. like we are being hated and it's just getting worse and worse. He reached with every day. Peak disapproval you know? among our people and among the world faster than anybody ever. Yeah. That's yeah. like indisputable. Yeah. Regardless of your thoughts on the issue, yeah. he reached peak disapproval quicker than anyone. Yeah. Anyone that's ever had the worst kind of scandal, uh, he reached it. And the he irony, you know, and the irony. Uh, the biggest irony is make America great again. Yeah. Like, dude, you made America suck for the first time ever, like in terms of a, uh, a branding well, standpoint. Yeah, it's it's make America great again is really odd to me because the America he's talking about what was isn't great and wasn't great, right? So right. he backed verbally mm-hmm. the administration, even after all of the accusations against Roy Moore, he backed Roy Moore. Roy Moore is on the record stating that we were the happiest our nation has ever been when you and I could own slaves yeah. because they had each other. That's what he said. They have each other. They, there was unity. Like it was this, this man says that we were the happiest yeah. when I could own another human being yeah. against their will. Yeah. And president Trump backed this man. Yeah. So Republic, make America great again is not, is not a statement. Anyone love, decency, compassion, should ever, ever, ever adhere to because th- what he's talking about is some of the most tragic yeah. times America's ever seen. Ever. Things we never want to go back to. Yeah. 
It's hard to find words sometimes, quite frankly. It's like So here's here's a big question, and we'll begin to we'll begin to wind down here. I mean, I could talk forever. Are we making it worse with our outrage? Katie Turr, who was on the campaign trail with him for five hundred days, who has been called out by Trump many, many times. Um, she just wrote a book about her <laughs> what she calls like the most I forget what, what the subtitle of the book is. It just came out. I think it's called Unbelievable, like the craziest, most disastrous campaign in American history. She says that we need to, I'll try to keep this clean for people that are listening. She says we need to calm the F down. And this is somebody who saw him. She stood in the middle of an arena when Trump, somebody asked him about uh, the Russian government uh, murdering reporters, journalists, all that. And somebody said, would you ever do that? And Trump said, no, 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 I've never. And then he stopped and actually said, well making a joke about the reporters in the room in the media and how he might might murder them. He might kill them. And they were in the middle, the way that Katie Turr said it was like gladiator style. Like they're in the middle of the room with thousands of ravenous, crazy, like Trump supporters around them. And they booed and they laughed when President Trump alluded to potentially, maybe, kind of, wanting to murder these media people. So that woman still thinks that we should calm the F down, that we should chill out, stop being outraged about everything, because it is true that if everything's outrageous, nothing's outrageous. You can't get outraged about something if everything he does, which, yeah, I don't know where I land on the argument, but are we, in your opinion, for people that are your fans, people that are, you know, let's give a damn fans, are we making it worse by being outraged? Man, I like these questions. Uh, I don't know. I think to some degree... Yes, we are making it worse because the world is getting worse. And if we're just all divisive and standing in our boundaries and fighting and spending all day on Facebook arguing, then yeah, things are getting worse. And it, well, if we, if we are like, this is what I realized, like I already didn't like Trump. And then I realized that I was also letting him control my life. Yeah, sure. Like, which that's when I realized, okay, I already don't like this man and I'm not going to give him the power to dominate and control my mental state, my depression, my anxieties, like whatever. Like he does not own me, but he did own me there for a while. Like when I let him, I was like, but I feel like as a country and maybe as a world in general, he is owning our attention. He, we are all obsessed with the news cycle and with knowing what's going on. And so, and by staying outraged, Yes, I do think we are making it worse. And so that's, and again, that's what the talk I'm about to release that gets into like, you have to find that. I'm not saying turn it off. I don't think there's a stay glued or stay turned off. It is, I think you have to go through each of your social networks one by one and literally make a decision on that one person, that one news source, that one whatever. Does this person give me anxiety, make mm. my life worse, make me more miserable. Do I need this many Trump news accounts? You know, um, is CNN breaking news giving me anxiety as Fox news, you know, like sure. you have to go through one by one on your social media. And that's what I did. I went through and just unfollowed a ton of stuff, added mute words on Twitter because I was outraged and I was yeah. like depressed and I was, and I was worse and my, I was making my immediate people worse so yes, by my outrage, things were getting worse. And so I had to find the balance. I'm still plugged in. I'm still know what's going on. 
but I found that kind of in between that was healthy. Yeah, I think the in between is the healthiest and the hardest to find because I do believe that if we can channel that outrage to doing good in the world, we're all better off, right? So that's just that's crystal clear. Yeah, and and that's a good point. I'm glad you said that because yeah, if you can if you can figure out how to channel it into something healthy, then obviously that's awesome. Yeah. But I don't know many that do. Totally. Yeah. And that's the battle that I'm going through is that yeah. I want to do that. But I've thought many times about this, which, you know, Barack Obama is not the only person to ever say something like this, but this is the quote that I like. He said, if the people, and a lot of people listening to this might be like, how could he say that? Blah, blah, blah. Because he did this, that, and the other. But I like Barack Obama. So we're going to talk about this quote for a second. If the people cannot trust their government to do the job for which it exists to protect them and to promote their common welfare, all else is lost, right? We see around the world the governments that abuse their power and how much it ruins nations, North Korea, Russia. Think about nations right now where people are, if you try to escape, I have a podcast coming out soon from a guy who literally escaped while soldiers were shooting at him from communist Romania you know, back in the seventies, like an amazing, incredible story, right. Of him, like literally running for his life. One of the three guys actually went back into prison for the rest of his life. Two of them escaped, but that's not, those things are actually happening today. Like if somebody tries to escape from North Korea, there's that video that went viral a few weeks ago of the guy trying to escape and he got shot six times and they actually got him over into South Korea. So at the same time that I don't want to spend my life in rage and I'm trying to find I'm trying to like chill, chill the F out, as Katie Turr would say, and trying to channel it to do good. Truth of the matter is, this is at stake, that if they don't do their job, which is to protect us and to help us have a better life, that's literally their job, then all else is lost. Mm-hmm. Like they can abuse this to the point of oppressing us and suppressing us and who knows? Like, I don't know. Maybe some people think this is a bombastic, ridiculous statement to make, but could we mm-hmm. become, like, does he have the makeup of causing us to become some something like uh, a dictatorship and a communist regime, you know, yeah. like Russia or North Korea? So yeah. it's a weird, I don't, some days I feel like I'm with Katie Turner. It's like, okay, I'm going to chill. I'm not going to answer that thing. He did some like stupid shitty tweet, but I'm going to, I'm going to channel that into a blog post or yeah. I'm going to go love my neighbor. I'm going to go feed that homeless person. That's how I'm going to channel it. And then some days I'm like, no, too much is at stake. Yeah. If I don't speak up, if I don't try to do this, that, or the other, like we're getting one step closer to yeah. that. So it's a struggle for me. It is. It's an insane struggle. And I'm, I'm always, I say I found the right balance with a massive grain of salt. Like I think like at least today I'm okay. You know, like right. obviously I'm still, Outrage, but last night's Alabama uh, win gave me a lot of hope because Alabama is like hardcore Republican. Like he won astronomically in Alabama, yeah, just Trump a year won, ago, exactly. And so the fact that Alabama turned around uh, gave me a sense: okay, America has some sanity left over. If we can just find a way to live through the next, you know, whatever. I do think uh, Trump will go down. I don't mind saying that on record. Like I do think he'll get impeached. Um, I don't think he'll last four years. That'll be interesting to, to see, but, um, you know, if we can just get through, get through whatever we have to get through, I do think it'll get, get better. What should the let's give a damn family and people that follow you in light of the last question we just discussed about channeling it, right? Mm -hmm. Channeling the outrage. If they are 
thinking the way that we're thinking, right? If they are part of the hashtag resistance, what can we do? In your opinion, it's the end of the year. People get super excited about the new year. Literally in two, two weeks, it's over. We're into the next year. I can't believe a whole year has passed. Yeah. What can we do today, tonight, going to the Christmas week? What can we do? What would you recommend that we just like how we channel it? Just some like things that maybe you're thinking about. Especially for the holidays, like shut it all down. Like do your best yeah. to truly turn it all off. And uh, at least start, if, you, if you're addicted to the internet, at least do what I suggested a little while ago, which is like literally go through your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter accounts, and one by one decide, do you really need that influence in your life? Is that person making you jealous? Is their awesome life making you think you're stuck? Uh, yeah, because it's not just about politics. It's like there's so much coming into yeah. our sensors, uh, which is what I talk about in the talk, um, our hearts that uh, are causing jealousy and causing depression because our lives don't look like everybody else's. And granted, theirs don't either because they're just showing that one highlight, you know, from that yep, entire the month. Yep. The highlight reel. The highlight reel. And so I think if you are going to, if you can't unplug and you have to stay at least go through and like drastically filter down what you're uh, taking in every day. Um, but also just to maybe not discuss politics with your family. I think that's uh, ultimately, I think that's the healthiest way to go is like, cause if you think about it, are you really going to spend Christmas day uh, bitching with your parents or yeah. your siblings about yep. Donald Trump? Like yep. Donald Trump has just owned you again. Yep. He's already making things worse. Like for him to, destroy your your time with your family over the holidays like is just giving him that much more power yeah. so i think we really do need to like shut him off for the holidays and we'll have plenty more to be outraged about in the new year so um yeah i would encourage people to to find the quiet embrace your families yeah hugely important yeah. hugely important self-care yeah. making sure that we because we don't know that thing that we just took in, whether it's a conversation with dad, mom, cousin, brother, or something that we saw on social media, we don't know what effect that's had. We can't tell right away mm -hmm. what effect that's having on our lives. For if sure. it's going to affect our mood tomorrow or yeah. people gaining weight, mood swings. Like there's so many things that happen mm -hmm. when we let anger and outrage and bitterness and all of that take over. And it's so easy. It just is. I've never felt more easy. I've never felt that it was easier to get in that mm -hmm. way of thinking and being than in the last two years. Yeah. I literally have cried myself to sleep so many nights yeah. thinking about the world that my kids are growing up in, into. I have so much beef with many things Hillary Clinton, right? Like mm -hmm. there's a lot going on there that I'm like, ah, I wept the morning when we woke up. Oh, on, yeah. I wept because of the heart that my wife and I have to care for people and love them and the things we want to accomplish in our lifetimes, I was really excited. I want my girls, I want my girls to kick ass in life. Mm -hmm. I want them to create, to make, to lead. Yeah. Um, and for, they were born under a black president. I wanted them to grow up under the first mm -hmm. woman president. Yeah. Um, and that was all smashed by America rearing its, you know, backward ugly head yeah. in electing another not just another not just another white man yeah. like a decent yeah pretty put together white man they went south there right <laughs> with it it's just like what south, yeah. yeah you you a reality tv star yeah. this is crazy so 
But there's hope. That's what I, I want to end on that because I feel at this moment, last night with the Roy Moore thing and Doug Jones, and just what I see, like you said, Brandon Harvey, and I want to shut this down, with Brandon Harvey and how, like, how many likes, how many shares, how, what do we do? And now all we're talking about is this. I have seen so many amazing projects created mm-hmm. out of, whether it's art, whether it's business, whether it's, I've seen so many social enterprise businesses started and social impact businesses and people saying, I'm not going to stand for that. We do love you. We do care mm-hmm. for you. We want to welcome you. You are welcome here. To see people get that boldness, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's all worth it because I would erase this if I could. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, it is all worth it. Yeah. The, the things that are happening have caused us to just think differently about what we want in life, yeah. what we want to pursue, what we want to do with the money we make, how we want to lead our families. So that's all good and well, and I'm really excited about that. So I kind of want to end on the note of I think there's hope. Last night showed us that that people rallying together yeah. can <laughs> not elect a pedophile to office, <laughs> an alleged, alleged pedophile to office. Right. And so let's keep doing that. Let's yeah. keep doing that with every election, with every instance, with everything that comes up. Is let's just show the better way. Yeah, absolutely. Where can people find that talk that you're, that you, like, when is it coming uh, out? And, it'll uh, be hopefully December. Okay. Um, I don't know when. So everybody just watch, watch for it. On social channels, yeah. Add Jeremy Cowart. Um, that'd be good. And then sign up for the mailing list for the hotel at yes. thepurposehotel.com. I've been sending personal journals from me to that list. That's awesome. So it's not like some crazy mailing list you're signing up for with products and offers. It is truly like that's where I'm journaling is to that mailing list. So if you want updates from me in terms of the fear and the doubt that are involved in building a freaking hotel enterprise from scratch, then that's where you can find them. Nobody's uh, starting a hotel right now in the world. Except for Jeremy Cowart <laughs> and like the one Jeremy's trying to build. And I'm so excited about it. It's, it's not fun. just, yeah, it's awesome. So thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for having me. Maybe we'll do it again in 40 episodes yep. about another. Sounds good. After post-impeachment, maybe. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> sounds amazing. Thanks so much. Yep. Bye. I hope that podcast was helpful for you. I hope that conversation helped you in so many ways. I know it did for me. I was sitting there talking back and forth, hearing what he had to say. Super, super, super helpful. So I hope you found it too. Let me know. Let us know. Let me know at Nick Lapara or at Let's Give a Damn. Let Jeremy know at Jeremy Cowart everywhere on social media. I'm sure he would love to hear your thoughts and how you're processing through some of the stuff that's currently happening in our country if you're in America. If you're not, there are about 30 countries listening to this podcast. If you're not in America, we would also love to hear your thoughts as an outsider. A couple things as I wrap up this podcast episode. I have a coaching opportunity for 25 people. I just launched it the other day. Several spots have already been taken. What I'm going to do beginning of the year, I've cleared my calendar first couple weeks of the year. I'm going to take 25 people through a Let's Crush 2018 coaching experience. One hour of coaching, a follow-up plan for everyone. It only costs $150. That's more than 50% off of what I would usually charge for something like this. And I wanted to get 25 people equipped and ready to go in the new year. So go to nicklapara.com forward slash coaching, nicklapara.com forward slash coaching, snag your spot. You'll read one of my current coaching clients testimonial there to see how it's affecting his life and how he's been helped by my coaching. I'd love to help you if that's something that you think that you would need and want and be helped from. Another thing, plus one please, the project that I launched to help people invite outsiders into their homes and to their tables for feasts and friendship. 
So many times we get locked into our friends and our clique and our little group and community and we don't reach out. But there are so many people that need you. They need they need a place at your table for friendship, for food. They maybe they don't have friendship or food or drink or shelter and they need you to reach out to them. They need you to bring them into what they're going through. And so I would love for you to invite them into your home. I am sending out daily emails right now leading up to Christmas, helping people think through that and helping them invite people into their home. So go to plusonepleasecom Check out what I'm doing there. I'd love to get you involved. If you would love to see us go into the new year strong, go to patreon.com forward slash let's give a damn. I would love for you to contribute one, five, ten, twenty dollars, whatever it is that you can do. I'd love for you to check out what we have there to offer and get involved if you can. Every dollar helps us make more podcasts. None of it goes directly into my pocket. It'll go right back into making more of these. Also, lastly, go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us tremendously. I know I keep saying it. Take 60 seconds. If you're still listening this far in the podcast, that means you love this podcast or hearing my voice. Hopefully it's not that, but you love this podcast. Go leave that review. It would be super helpful for us. Lastly, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. However you celebrate or don't celebrate this season, I hope these next two weeks are amazing for you with family and friends, loved ones, outsiders, strangers, everyone around you during these next couple weeks. Take advantage of the time to rest, to refresh your mind, and get ready for 2018 because 2018 is going to be amazing. I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining me. See you in the new year. Bye.